Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through Matrix on the 4th of May 2011. Newcomers should look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. You'll find hundreds of audios there for download and hopefully I can show you uh, the shortcuts to understanding this incredibly big complex system that runs over you like a big arch, a big dome you might call it, of uh, interconnecting foundations, organizations, very rich people, of course, and clubs, etc., NGOs, and all the rest of it, all working together and uh, taking their boss, their, their, their orders from a, a really high boss, obviously, the capstone, as they say. And it's above government, although they have some members within government always placed there. And literally your whole life is planned out for you. The big changes you will see in your life are already planned, even the cultural changes. And it's been that way for an awful long time. So help yourself to the audios. Remember, to all the sites listed on the comm site are the official sites. They have transcripts as well uh, as audios. Uh, they, they all carry them in English. And if you want them in other languages, go into Alan Watt Sentient, sentinel.eu, and help yourself to those ones there. It's a variety to choose from. Remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you. So you can purchase the books, hopefully, and the discs I have for sale at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. U.S. can order uh, using a personal check to Canada or an international postal money order from the post office, or you can send cash, or you can use PayPal. Use the button you'll see on the comm site uh, for donations and follow it up with an email, name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you. Across the rest of the world, you've got Western Union, MoneyGram, You've got PayPal again to order using the donation button. Remember, straight donations are certainly, certainly appreciated because, as I say, everything's going up all the time when I order books or anything. It's, it's up with all these harmonized sales taxes added to them and all the rest of it. It's just getting ridiculous, but it's nowhere near where it's supposed to go in the, in the near future. We're on a roll for heavy taxation and to get rid of your what's called disposable income. That means you'll be paying for bare necessities. That's where your money will go in the future, licenses, fees, and all the rest of it. That's what they mean by austerity and a post-consumerist society. Uh, that's what we're going into now, of course. Most folk don't know it yet. They won't believe it till it actually happens to them personally. Some have already found out the hard way. The ones who have lost their homes or those living in tent cities. But, of course, they don't get much uh, coverage on the media because it's all bad news, isn't it? And no one likes bad news. We like fake news and happy news, like uh, resurrected Osama being killed again and again and again, and they cheer like little assholes at uh, football games. That's what it, it turns them on. It's just astonishing. They don't know they've been bankrupted, right over, plundered by the banks. They don't know or, or care that their tax money is going to increase increase to help pay off all the debts incurred for these ongoing perpetual wars, as they call it actually from the Pentagon. It's a perpetual war. And uh, they don't really care. They're, just, they're like the people of old times. 
you know, when the kings and queens wanted to get the people to buckle under and obey for a heavier taxation or whatever, they'd execute someone in public, and it was made to be like a fair day. Uh, so in other words, they'd turn up for like a market day, jugglers would be present and all the rest of it, and the people would cheer some poor sucker getting his head cut off and getting drawn and quartered. It was a celebration, and everyone's hope, very happy to see someone else getting the stick rather than themselves, and that's unfortunately how most people are. They're not too bright, they're a mass-type humanity, and they're very predictable. That's why they're easily managed by the more intelligent people who run their system and who own their system. Technically, they also own them. Back with more after this break. Folks, we're back cutting through the matrix. And it's true what I said, you know, most people are so predictable and they act like a mass type of humanity. And they are technically too. They, they soak up the new cultural trends and adopt the attitudes given to them by celebrities. They copy what they see. Uh, they speak what they see because you're always given new, new terminology from television and so on. And every age group is managed, of course, perfectly well. Every generation is managed, but every age group within the generations is managed perfectly well by television masters, really, those who understand the psychology of humanity. And it's true enough, even though you plundered them and pillaged them through the banking scams and no one went to jail for, of course, uh, they go over the moon over a guy's name they've almost forgotten, who supposedly died again, and uh, it's good enough for them, just like they'd won a, a big football match. That's, honestly, that's how they really see it. As they, they personally had won something. And meanwhile, they're up to their eyes trillions in debt for these ongoing wars, which they call perpetual war from the war college. So it's just you cannot help people like that. You can't help them. They're like lemmings. They must run over the edge of the cliff, hopefully all together, and maybe leave some of the rest of us some peace. You understand that the masses have a, a symbiotic relationship with the masters. And this has always been the problem down through time that most want to follow leaders, and they vote what they think are leaders in, of course. But in the old days, too, they would, they would get the most, the guy that scared the most to, to rule over them. They, they respect fear, and uh, it seems that uh, as long as someone else is getting the chop, they'll cheer someone else getting the chop, or some other people across the, the, the water getting the chop. But that's just how they are. That there's a symbiotic relationship. So the elite need the masses, and the masses need the elite, obviously. And that's why they don't want to change anything at the bottom. They go along with anything that comes their way, as long as they're throwing a crumb once in a while, and they don't personally profit off it. But they think they do in some way or another. It's all psychological warfare. And then meanwhile, it says here in the Wall Street Journal, it says about one in seven in the United States now receive food stamps. So there's how great it all is, eh? One in seven receive food stamps. And it says the number of food stamp recipients was essentially flat in February, the most recent month available, with 44.2 million Americans receiving benefits, according to a new report from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. 
The food stamp program ballooned during the recession as workers lost their jobs or saw their hours and incomes reduced. The rise in recipients has begun to flatten in recent months, which may mean that as economy is improving, I don't know where it's improving, fewer Americans are seeking to join the program. Enrollment in the program is still high, though with 11.6 more people tapping benefits in February than the same month a year earlier. Food stamp numbers aren't seasonally adjusted, though, meaning a variety of factors could influence the monthly tallies and the program could grow again in coming months. Mississippi and Oregon were amongst the states with the largest share of population utilizing food stamps in February. At least one in five residents in each state were receiving benefits. Wyoming had the lowest rate of recipients with just 6.6% of the state's residents using food stamps. Well, they'll have to use more weather warfare on that area, I guess, and, and put the farmers under. But uh, anyway, that's how it really is, as I say, in the world. Uh, the people, when people cheer for, for utter Hollywood fiction that's given to them. And um, as I said yesterday, that Osama Ben Goldstein uh, supposedly died again, and they're all quite happy about it, and they've forgotten about all their own masters uh, pillaging them. It's just astonishing, isn't it? But very predictable, too. Very predictable. Now, ISIS, we mentioned ISIS before. They loved these names, of course, but... This is the, the, the mobile payment system, and AT&T and T-Mobile and Verizon came together, it says, to create the ISIS mobile payment system. They touted a standalone service powered by Discovery's payment network that would revolutionize the way we make small purchases on the move. Well, the revolution is still on schedule, but basically the big trio is now being said to have made a concession in reaching out to the incumbent leaders in the field, Visa and MasterCard. So you're going cashless totally. And the herd will do it quite happily, uh, go, go cash this quite happily at, with these tracking systems, monitoring everything they purchase, everything they eat, do, whatever. They don't mind. Uh, and they're, they're really the first generation to think that privacy uh, is an unnecessary thing to have. They have no idea of history or tyranny and why so many laws were put out before on demand of the people after successful revolutions that they get privacy. Uh, they just don't mind losing it all. Since the Wall Street Journal cites multiple sources and report that ISIS has turned into a less ambitious mobile wallet project that would seek to let you use your Visa or MasterCard account via your NFC-capable smartphone. As far as the current consumer is concerned, it's still the same swipe-to-buy proposition, but the move was apparently necessary for ISIS to avoid falling further behind. Uh, and then it goes on to say at the bottom, we say it's encouraging to see these guys showing a bit of swiftness. It's about time the rest of the world caught up to Japan. That's just radiating with progress. Anyway, uh, that's that's uh, part of it too. So Verizon is part of it. Then the Verizon announced this too. It's quite interesting. It says it will start slapping, we can track you warning stickers on its products, its phones. Verizon's announcement came in the form of a letter to representatives Ed Markey, a Democrat from Massachusetts, and Joe Barton, a Texas Republican. In March, they asked the four major wireless carriers to explain how and why they track mobile location data. Well, they're not telling you how and why, but they are telling you they're going to put a sticker on it. All four uh, carriers acknowledge that they store location data for varying periods of time, meaning forever, but Verizon... VZ Fortune 500 was the only company to to suggest a warning label. So that makes it all right, put a warning label on it. The company says it will begin including the removable sticker on all new devices it sells. 
The sticker warns this device is capable of determining its and your physical geographical location and can associate this location data with other customer information. That's all your calls and your purchases and everything. To limit access to location information by others, it says refer to the user guide. Um, for location settings and be cautious when downloading, accessing or using applications and services which are the only ones that are provided for you well, which allowed you not to be tracked and traced and cursed and all the rest of it so anyway uh, basically there you go for, but really see everything runs on legalities and contracts and when they put out that sticker and you take that sticker off, you're, you're agreeing that they can track and trace you you have no comeback whatsoever, whatever happens it's a legality, a real legality. This is why Apple and Google need to stalk you. Verizon also disclosed that it stores location data and other customer information for seven years. And they're liars, of course. It's perpetual. Sprint S Fortune 500 keeps the details for three years, while AT&T T Fortune 500 retains it for anywhere for a few days to five years. T-Mobile did not give a, a time frame. Well, they're more honest. The carrier's responses came earlier in the month, but Congress first released them Thursday. Each of the letters pointed to third-party applications as a real culprit. Verizon said location-based apps should give customers clear and transparent notice, while Sprint complained that it could no longer act as consumers' trusted carrier, with whom they have a trusted relationship to answer all of their questions. Markey was unimpressed in a statement on his site. He said the carrier's responses left him with a feeling of uneasiness and uncertainty. The disconnect is when third-party applications come into play. Meanwhile, Apple, uh, uh, Fortune 500, has been cleaning up the PR mess it made after two British researchers released an open-source application that let Apple's customers see location data stored on their iPhones and 3G iPads. The smartphone maker released a 10-part Q&A and statement on Wednesday admitting to a lack of transparency. Well, that's what it's about. It's to keep you in the dark, isn't it? That's what spying is all about, isn't it? It has also promised a software to update a fix, to fix a bug that retained the data. It's just a bug that was in it, you know. It just happened to develop itself, this bug, for more than a year instead of the intended few days. Uh, everybody knew about it except the public. The cops knew, everybody knew, but the public didn't know. And that's the, the garbage they give us is news, isn't it? Yeah. And it truly is garbage is news. Because uh, everything that's out there has been sold to track and trace and monitor everything that you do. You see, you're a farm animal, and the farmers are an elite. And like all elites who are into farming, they make sure that their, their workers just below them uh, make sure that they know all about the stock. You're, you're very important, you see. How long you're going to live. They work, they've worked all this stuff out. I've read articles before on your genealogies, etc., as to how much work they're going to get out of you, meaning tax money and production and so on, in your lifetime. And so they've got to know everything about you, you see. Everything about you. That's standard uh, uh, farm practice. Standard. Now, Chinese, and in China, of course, uh, they're still being touted as the, the big progressive nation for the world. Uh, this came out last year, but it's come out again this year. And it says, you're not allowed to commit suicide. Workers in Chinese iPad factories forced to sign pledges. Well, the suicides continued after the last forced pledge signing and so on. So they're at it again. Factories making sought after Apple iPads and iPhones in China are forcing staff to sign pledges not to commit suicide. An investigation has revealed. 
At least 14 workers at Foxconn factories in China have killed themselves in the last 16 months, at least a lot more. And it says, as a result of horrendous working conditions, many more believed to have either survived attempts or been stopped before trying at Apple suppliers giant in Chengdu or Shenzhen. Appalling conditions, an investigation by two NGOs has found new workers at Foxconn factories in China are made to sign a no-suicide pledge. I wonder what happens if you break it. Can they sue you after you're dead or, what? or just go to your ancestors? I just don't know. Appalling conditions, anyway. After a speed of suicides last year, managed the factories ordered new staff to sign pledges and so on and so on. Investigation of the 500,000 workers by the Center for Research on Multinational Companies and Students and Scholars Against Corporate Misbehavior uh, it's called SACOM. <laughs> it's a weird name, SACOM. Found appalling conditions in the factories. They claimed that excessive overtime was rife. Despite a legal limit of 36 hours a month, one payslip showed a worker did 98 hours of overtime in one month, the observers said. One day off in 13, eh? Back with more after this break. Progress is wonderful, we'd say. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and we're back cutting through the matrix and another interesting article I'll put up tonight is um, to do with GPS for your cars. One of the most popular companies that make them is called TomTom and uh, it's got a unique little feature in that it notifies the cops uh, as to the speed that you're traveling at so you get busted by your own GPS uh, in your car. Isn't that wonderful? And there's a little video, a very short video, of the the CEO claiming the company didn't know about this. I guess it's another one that just must be nanotechnology. It builds its own little bugs inside it, you know, it's always working. But he didn't know about this and it won't happen again, which of course is a big lie because they get a lot of cash for this deal they've worked out with cops and so on. I mean, it's a lot of money in traffic tickets and so on, an awful lot of money. Some some towns and cities depend on that cash coming in because they have so many. They actually factor in how many they want per year for all the, the jobs they want to do, extra jobs to build or, or big dinners or something like that, or holidays abroad, you know, the important stuff. And uh, and also to do with PSYOPs operations, because I've talked about PSYOPs operations last night and They've changed their name, of course, to psychological operations groups, but uh, because we all got to know what they meant, what they were up to. But it's admitted now that Army is embedding PSYOPs, and they have for years, by the way, in this article. And again, it's a very short video in PSYOPs. They've been embedding their officers into local television stations. It says... Um, uh, the U.S. Army has used local television stations in the U.S. as training posts for some of its psychological operations personnel, according to Yahoo News blog The Upshot. Since at least 2001, both WRAL and CBS uh, affiliate in Raleigh, uh, North Carolina, and WTOC, a CBS affiliate in Savannah, 
Georgia, have regularly hosted active duty soldiers from the Army's 4th Psychological Operations Group as part of the Army's training with industry program. See, they go to, to the mainstream media to find out how to really con the public. That's part of their training because that's what the mainstream media is for, to make sure you're left with the correct impression. But in the little video, look at their logo for the Psychological Operations Group for to, to persuade the public and basically to, to alter your perceptions of thing, things and so on and how to also conquer your mind in, in a sense so you'll come away with the proper conclusions. Uh, that the desired conclusions that they, they want. Have a look at that one too. It's quite interesting. And also, uh, uh, from, from uh, Uruk Net, Net it's, it's an Arabian uh, site, it says, let us not forget what humanitarian intervention looks like to do with all this. We're bringing humanitarian intervention into all the Middle East, you know, as we grab their oil and stuff like that. It says, Iraq, let us not forget what humanitarian intervention looks like. It says, uh, let's not be confused as to why Libya alone has been singled out for humanitarian intervention. On April the 9th, Condoleezza Rice delivered a talk in San Francisco, or tried to. The former Secretary of State was interrupted repeatedly by cries from the audience of war criminal and torturer. By the way, now that they've claimed again, once again, they've got uh, um, uh, Osama bin uh, Laden, they're, they're, admit, they're saying that the torturing helped to find out where he was. So they're validating torture, you see, with this coin game as well. Anyway, it says, back to Colonel Rice, for which we can thank our comrades in code pink and world can't wait. As one of the protesters was being taken away by security guards, Rice made the kind of statement that's now become standard for high American officials under such circumstances. And she said, aren't you glad this lady lives in a democracy where she can express her opinion? Can you really? <laughs> I can think of a whole bunch of things you can't say. She also threw another line that's become de rigueur since the U.S. overthrew Saddam Hussein, an argument that's used when all other arguments fail. The children of Iraq are actually not living under Saddam Hussein. Thank God. My response to such a line is this. If you want, went into surgery to correct a knee problem and the surgeon mistakenly amputated your entire leg, what would you think if someone then remarked to you how nice it was that you actually ha- no longer have a knee problem? Thank God, it took your whole leg off. The people of Iraq no longer have a Saddam problem. It says here, unfortunately, they've lost just about everything else as well. You remember, too, when they went in to, uh, to bomb Iraq, they was to take down total infrastructure. That would, that's like going into a country, destroying all its wells for water, all its pipelines for water, all its food-making industry and factories and so on, uh, all its hospitals, everything that held it together is utterly... You're bombed in the Stone Age. That's what they mean by that. Since 20 years of American bombing, invasion, occupation and torture have led to the people of that unhappy land losing their homes, their schools, their electricity, their clean water, their environment, their neighborhoods, their archaeology, their jobs, their careers, their professionals, their state-run enterprises, their physical health, mental health, their health care, their welfare state, their women's rights, their religious tolerance, their safety, their security, their children, their parents, their past, their present, their future, their lives. More than half the population either dead, disabled, in prison, or in foreign exile. The air, soil, water, blood, and genes drenched with depleted uranium, the most awful birth defects, unexploded cluster bombs lie in wait for children, and a river of blood runs alongside the Euphrates and Tigris rivers. 
uh, through a country that may never be put back together again. Well, that's, that says it all right there. That says it all right there, folks. That's what they call, under this con game world that we live in, humanitarian intervention. And, of course, it doesn't mention here that they then divvied up the oil fields. Uh, it was all divvied up before they went in, of course. I've mentioned that two weeks ago with Blair and all the rest of them and the oil companies that were given them gratis after they built brand new refineries using the U.S.'s and the Britain's tax money. Awful nice of us, isn't it? Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're cutting through the matrix. And just before we go to callers, we've all heard about the fact that the EU, the super Soviet parliament that was created over there, which is not... Uh, democratic by any means at all, uh, has, uh, is going to ban all herbal medicines. And of course, uh, I think they put a bill in the US at the same time, so they won't do the same thing. Big Pharma, of course, wants to eradicate any competition, any other field, of course, or alternative medicine. But this is from the Mail Online. It says, herbal medicines banned as EU directive comes into force. And this is from the 30th of April, actually. Patients have lost access to hundreds of herbal medicines today after the European regulations came into force. Sales of all herbal remedies except for a small number of popular products for mild illness, such as echinacea for colds and St. John's wort for depression, have been banned. For the first time, traditional products must be licensed or prescribed by a registered herbal practitioner. The government allowed access to some unlicensed manufactured herbal medicines via a statutory register. And it says some of the most commonly used products were saved after the health secretary, Andrew Lansky, <laughs> approved a plan for health professions at uh, the council to establish a register of practitioners supplying unlicensed herbal medicines. So now you have to basically go through a, a silly practitioner to do all. However, many remedies were lost as it was only open to those who could afford the licensing process, which cost between £80,000 to £120,000 to get a license for a practitioner. Can you believe that? Not trying to keep everybody out of it and destroy it. No, no, no. If you can afford £120,000, then you might just get a license. You know. At least 50 herbs, including horny goatweed, so-called natural Viagra, a hawthorn berry, Used for angina pain, well, jam will no longer be stocked in health food shops, see the British Herbal Medicine Association. So it's, it's just astonishing. Well, it's not astonishing at all, isn't it? Since the 2004 EU directive demands that a traditional herbal me- medicinal plant or product must be shown to have been in use for at least 30 years in the EU or, at, or 15 years in the EU and 15 years elsewhere. For to be, These things have been around for hundreds of years. The UK Drug Safety Watchdog Medicines and Healthcare Products Agency has issued more than a dozen alerts in the past two years, including a warning last month over a contaminated weight loss pill called Herbal Floss uh, Lonisserae, Herbal Xenocol, due to concerns over possible side effects, like weight loss, I guess. Mr. Lansky, in a written statement, said the government wanted to ensure continuing access to unlicensed herbal medicines via statutory register for practitioners to meet individual patient needs. Uh, You can still get pins stuck in you through acupuncture if that turns you on, but uh, that's pretty well it, it seems to be. 
Prince Charles, a long-standing supporter of complementary therapies, has voiced his support for formal regulation of herbal practitioners. What a, what a oh, oh, hypocrite he is. They have their own uh, personal, even the Queen has her own personal herbal doctor. You know, travels everywhere with her. Up till now, the industry has been covered by the 1968 Medicines Act. This was drawn up only when a small number of herbal remedies were available. Utter nonsense. They've had hundreds and hundreds on the, the tables for years. So I guess that's it. Same things to come to the U.S. as well. And if you can, mind you, it'll probably be more than 120 grand for a license and fee. That'll be for the year two, probably. Anyway, uh, I'll go to Steve from Oregon on the the phone if he's there. Steve, still there? Yes, I'm here, Alan. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I, yeah. I don't want. To, I'm going to be brief because I, you know, smart as I think I am, you portray everything. You just speak right straight from my heart, and I just have appreciated you so much. And but I want to ask a question. I almost feel like you're my best friend that we never even spoke before. But um, I want to ask a question. I got. Uh, when you think of Jesus Christ and the Trinity and all that 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 stuff, because I kind of believe in that, and um, but everything else you say, you speak right from my heart, and I just wanted to see what you thought about that. That I really trust you. Well, we don't have much really on it except that someone did exist at that time that caused an awful lot of fuss for the authorities. Uh, you get evidence that of that. I mean, the biggest evidence actually is in the Talmud, and I'm sure uh, a lot of people are kicking their, 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 their themselves for that being allowed to to verify that someone that name did exist. But um, there's no doubt someone came along at one time, uh, and unfortunately, the religion that he created uh, there really was to be an individual, and that you didn't need priests, by the way. Up, to, up till then, everyone, every culture, regardless of the, of the pagan cultures or whatever culture, you had to go through priests who were special people, you know, because everything is a hierarchy of special people, and then the, 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 the masses at the bottom who are not special at all. And he came along and told you basically that you didn't need to talk to God through a, a priest or get a priest to, to do anything special for you. You could talk to God yourself. But he also mentioned, you see, something that had never been said before, and that was that you mattered to God and, of course, that had never, ever been said. Everything was a communal. Religions were communal things for people's things, but not, not individual things. And so he broke a big taboo and said that God actually um, uh, uh, could, could communicate to you or vice versa on a personal level. And that gave, for the first time, a, a single individuals a feeling that they mattered. They actually mattered. In those days, remembered, if you were a nobody uh, in those days, you could be killed by any overlord, whatever it was, feudal system, whatever it could be, uh, without any repercussions. You were nothing, you see. And suddenly you were something. And it affected all the laws, uh, even in early Christianity, although it was definitely um, hijacked by a church that, that really was a, a, an empire, a governmental empire that hijacks it and turned it back into something for the masses, with priests again and all the rest of it. And uh, But it still kept the part that, that individuals had special rights. It, nothing else had come along to say that you had rights because God created you, you know. And so uh, that was still a thorn in the sides for an awful long time of the rulers, that they had to give at least some show 
of, of uh, before they'd kill someone or execute someone, that this person had a special right as a, a divine being, basically. Before that, you were, you were just simply another type of animal underneath the, these people. You know. But as I say, I really do think that it was meant for individuals. I don't think it was ever meant for a mass movement. For, I, I think all major religions, actually, uh, except one, were really made for individual um, progression to a deity or, or to a spiritual thing, something called spiritual, something that comes in little bursts throughout your life but doesn't last very long. It's just like little glimpses. Um, I think it was a spiritual thing uh, for individuals to try and attain and that you had to do it really by yourself. And um, unfortunately, religion has always been used by leaders. The dominant minority will always use religion and turn it around for their own purposes and get you back on your knees, basically worshipping or, or, or obeying uh, the system rather than their deity. You, know. you are an amazing, blessed individual. I support you very much, and thank you for taking my call. And thanks for thank calling. Yeah. Right, bye-bye. And there's uh, Daniel in the UK, if he's there. Is Daniel there? Yeah. Hello? Yes. Hello? Yeah, uh, just one question, uh, please, Alan. Um, an article today on the internet says um, the highest-ranking uh, chief of police here uh, said an attack is highly likely in the UK mm-hmm. after um, the killing of uh, Bin Laden and all this. Um, do you think they really will start blowing people up? Again, if they need to, if they need to, the end justifies the means. They'll blow up towers to get what they want. The, the, the century, American century, you know, uh, century of change. Uh, they'll kill enough of their own if they have to do it. There's no doubt about that. And governments have an, an incredible history of doing this down through the ages, by the way. Uh, so if it needs something like that, they'll, they will do it. And um, what's never expressed is, is, is uh, or even asked, is a question. Well, why are they over in all these countries anyway? What are they doing over in all these countries, grabbing the oil and the resources and ruling as an empire over which countries which were independent sovereign nations? That's never brought up. And, of course, there will be some backlash from people from those countries because no one likes to be occupied. That's traditional in all histories. So... Just when there's some doubt, if there is any doubt in the UK and it starts to get mo- to, um, some moment- gain some momentum, they set up another bomb just to remind people that the terrorist that's real and that sort yeah. of thing, yeah? Well, that's part of it, definitely, because governments must convince you. It's not a, it's like the PSYOPs operations. You, you never tell the public the truth, obviously. You never tell them the truth, ever. Uh, and you never tell them your real reasons in warfare for going into countries and the corporations behind it, the military-industrial complex, who have all got contracts uh, to, to, to expand or lose if we don't go to war, um, because they're raking in the cash right now. During the Cold War, pretty well every member of the, 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 the House of Lords in Britain, which is like the U.S. Senate, uh, would get the first dibs in upcoming wars and so on, or, or, or the missiles projects. Every month there was a new missile coming out, and as soon as they got it out and sold to, by government um, to the military, they'd come out and say a month later, oh, it's obsolete now, the Russians have got a faster one. And this went on for many years, and every lord had, had shares in these corporations, you see. 
uh, as they didn't even really need lobbyists because they were all doing their own lobbying, these, these guys. So this is, this, is an, this is an extension of it. Now, a year or two years ago, I read an article from the U.S. military, and it, and it was actually called Perpetual War. We're now in a state of perpetual war. It's meant to go across the whole world and bring in this uh, kind of American and uh, British-type system across the entire planet, including all the degradation, by the way. That was actually in the article. Uh, we'll teach them to, to, to be degraded as we are, and they'll relish the, the degradation and the sexual promiscuity and all the rest of it. And in other words, they're going to force the whole culture to destroy their cultures, to force this culture upon them. You're seeing all this go ahead. Now, they must always come up every so often when the public are getting screwed through taxes and, ever, and, and poverty and austerity and all the rest of it. They must, um, once in a while, uh, create some hullabaloo uh, to get you back on board again. Oh, protect us, protect us, because... Otherwise, the public start to, not that they understand anything, they start to lose confidence and wonder why we're spending so much money in wars. But as soon as you get something happening or even the threat of something happening, oh, please protect us, government. That's how it's been traditionally run for an awful long time. Yeah. It probably is on the cards then, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's so easy to do now because I can remember with the Special Air Service, they used to hire uh, or recruit guys from countries outside the British Empire. Uh, and they would use these teams, just like the, the CIA uses them, use them as well, uh, from all different countries. They'd bring them in, make them feel part of the force, and then send them out to do operations abroad uh, of what would be called in the current the recipient countries as terrorism, <laughs> uh, which, of course, it was. But um, And they would be disassociated from Britain, for instance, Therefore, if they were ever caught, Britain would deny any knowledge of it. Well, the CIA does it too, and so on. They've been doing it all along. And they've even hired people within Pakistan to invade American troops over the border in Afghanistan. That was in the papers a few months back, in fact. So they can keep this this incredible, complex game going and and, and get, keep, get everyone fighting each other uh, just to keep the war perpetuated while they really go ahead with their main plans. And I just read the other day that Canada, for instance, has a big stake in the pipeline that's to go through Pakistan and Afghanistan. A massive pipeline is going through it. It's worth $750 billion, apparently. And Canada's got a big stake in that, and they said that their, their troops will also protect that pipeline. And the U.S. has got a massive stake. So, in other words, it's, it's to, to do with plunder and to keep the, the, the ruling establishment more and more wealthy to make sure their power goes on forever. But there will be a backlash against all of this, obviously. And, you know, people will be killed either by people who are really pissed off, real terrorists, or 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 people that are, that are made to do it through some side unit, like uh, an attachment to the Special Air Service or whatever. Uh, one way or another, they'll get the public... You understand, too, with the Internet today and the phones and so on, they've got instant, uh, um, instant pulse of the public. They know on every topic, they know when they're getting ticked off about something and they know when to pull the strings and make something happen and get the public terrified again. And that keeps them quiet for another few months. So that's how easy it's run. It's a big psychological operation. It's not difficult to do. And the public will always respond in the same manner, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, until it comes into that self-policing and stuff, yeah. Um, I understand. Well, um, thanks for answering my question. 
Oh, thanks for calling. Yeah. Uh, now there's Michael in Indiana. If Michael's there, is Michael there? Alan. Yep. Hello. Hello. Yes. Go ahead. And I know that the uh, the whole Bin Laden thing, you know, is is kind of a ruse to keep people, you know, to keep people's mind in the wrong place. But I noticed that they had done the raid on uh, what is it, the 30th or whatever. So I figured May Day is an occultic holiday, is it not? Well, you understand the Maypole. The Maypole was this big celebration. The Maypole was a phallic symbol for renewal and regeneration. And it was colored, of course, in the old Egyptian colors, red, white, and blue, uh, like the British flag and the American flag and the French flag for revolution. And But it also um, was, was a symbol of the system's renewal, the system's renewal, not just nature. And so there's a phallic symbol that everyone danced around. And uh, uh, it also has a, a double meaning that everyone... Uh, basically under that system that that phallic symbol gets the shaft. <laughs> so we're, we're getting shafted for another year, basically, by the same people, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I noticed that. I've been trying to, you know, it, I, I read your uh, all th- your trilogy, and um, and I've been trying to read all the books that you recommend, mm-hmm. and I, it ha- I have gotten to the point where, you know, when I see something on the news, it's like, Immediately, yeah, I mean, it, it stands out to me now. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so it's that kind of stuff I'm trying to, you know, keep ahead on. I, I noticed when they did that, I'm like, well, it's like it, it may not even happen. I mean, they may just be doing that to, yeah. you know, to, to get people's mind on, be like, hey, oh, yeah, well, we're, we're over there, you know, yeah. and uh, so all the money is well spent. But then again, it's like that was the reason that we went over there in the first place. So it's like, well, mission's over, right? So, but not really. No, it's not. In fact, the CFR today have got an article out again about perpetual war until they've finished all that they went to do. And so it's going to go on forever. Yeah. Uh I have an article here from the CFR. And the CFR, remember, are part of That's where you rub shoulders with the true ruling establishment who own America. But they own America. And they have for an awful long time. Uh, and have all these uh, writers working from Yale, etc., for them to to perpetuate this. But hold on, I'll come back after this break. We're back, cutting through the matrix, and and just mentioning there uh, to Michael from Indiana that um, there's an article out by the president of the Council on Foreign Relations, and it's uh, Richard N. Haas, Mr. Haas himself, and he says the killing of Osama bin Laden by United States Special Forces constitutes a significant victory over global terrorism, but is a milestone, not a turning point in what remains an ongoing struggle with no foreseeable end. No foreseeable end. And I'll put this link up to it, cuttingthroughthematrix.com, at the end of the night. And you can look it up for yourself and read right through the whole thing. But um, it's an ongoing thing forever until the CFR member is set up with the Royal Institute of International Affairs as a brother organization for America. 
And the whole idea was set up to bring a one-empire system across the world based on the, the, the Anglo-American establishment who run the whole show, basically. And by that, I don't mean the British people or the American people. I'm talking about the establishment, the dominant minority, who've always been in control. And this has always been their dream, is to take over the entire world and standardize it under one system, which they then rule over. But uh, but really, that's what it is. Are you still there, Michael? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I uh, I heard the other night that you had mentioned that uh, that movie, The American Ruling Class. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, I noticed I had that on Netflix, so I'm going to watch that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, but anyway, I'll, I'll let you go and let other callers call in. But, um, but yeah, a buddy of mine, uh, had, had recommended those, uh, 12 hour religion DVDs and I'm going to buy those and the, uh, the waiting for a miracle companion booklet yeah. with it or whatever. Cause he got good information. So, uh, but I just want to call in. So, uh, you know, keep what you're doing and, uh, I'll talk to you later. Okie doke. It's interesting, too, as I say, that um, the Maypole was also the big celebration for fertility, and they also had the Green Man. Uh, that's all Masonic as well, still used today, the Green Man, the Man of Nature. And they also used to have a Cock Robin, who dre- a man who dressed up in a Robin's outfit with a red breast, and he oversaw the selection of male and female youngsters and they'd go off into the bushes and they'd, they'd uh, have, have uh, sexual relations. And the children who were the offspring of those temporary couplings were called Robinson. That's where the name comes from, Robinson. Uh, but uh, it's an, an incredible um, history we have that's hidden from most of the general public that this was traditional for an awful long time, even through Christianity and a lot of, lot of areas. Uh, but the, 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 the higher religions that always use the pagan religions um, still go by this kind of format with special days, it's the symbology of them, regeneration, of course, of themselves. And the green man, the man of nature, for which they do not apologize, meaning it's natural for an elite, a superior elite, to rule over the lesser. That's what they mean by the man of nature themselves. And Albert Pike, of course, mentioned that himself. Uh, nature, we have no... We, we do not um, make excuses for nature, meaning we are the natural dominant elite. Now, there's Bob from Texas on the phone, too. Are you there, Bob? Yes, thank you, Alan, for yes. taking my call. I'll, okay. I'll try to be as quick as I can here. Uh, you know, the Christ was crucified for individual uh, individualism. Yeah. And... You know, that's the way I see that. I mean, I, I feel like, uh, you know, the other caller was talking about that. You know, he talked about that, and that's why they crucified him. Anybody who doesn't please the masses will be crucified by the same followers who are the mass. He was against yeah. the religious establishment and the government. That's right. That's right. And that's, that's, and that's a message all down through the ages. The same will happen to you. I mean, it, it truly is. But, but thanks for calling. Thanks for calling. From Hamish Mosiah, Frontier, Canada, it's good night, me, your God, or your God, just go with you.